Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? We've officially changed our name now from Dwight Chocolate NBA Podcast to the Second Stringers NBA Podcast. The name's changed, but we're still bringing you the same NBA news with the same passion, the same thoughts, the same opinions. I don't know what else is there to say, Sean. What do you think about this? Hey, the name's changed. The players are the same. And uh, I don't know. I like the new name. Uh, yeah, we, we've been we've been trying to think of a name change for a while now, and you know I, I really like this one. It's not like crazy or anything, but you know it's it's NBA related. Um, it's not referencing a player that nobody cares about anymore. <laughs> um, I like yeah. it. I think I think this is a good change for us. Yeah, I mean we came up with this idea to start a podcast. Um, what nine weeks later? Here we are. We're still doing it. So. We might as well have chosen a name that we both feel very strongly about. So, and here it is, the second stringers. Wait, nine weeks? From Did this you say forward. nine weeks? Dude, this, is it, has it been nine this weeks? This is like our 26th podcast. <laughs> That's true. We've been doing this for like half a year. This is like our half year anniversary episode. You're right. I guess, yeah, not even if I'm counting the weeks we took off, would we be at, would we be at nine, right? <laughs> well, that would make it even more. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, well, here we are, and we're still going. We're still but, um, yep, but going into this week, this was quite the wild week in the NBA in terms of drama. And really, the best analogy that I can think of in terms of this podcast is like just jump on this tour bus. We're the tour guides, and we're going to take you around the country. And uh, <laughs> we'll tell you to look right or look left, and you'll see the dysfunction or the drama that's going on. on in that town we, in terms of NBA drama. We, we know we know everything that's going on. We get we gather yeah. it all together for you guys. Yeah, so if we were to start this bus right here, we would our first stop would um be no other than the All Stars, of course, and then we'll hit up Cleveland at some point. We'll hit up San Antonio with Kawhi versus the Spurs, the Washington Wizards and their dysfunction. Jason Kidd's out of job. He's gone fishing. See ya. Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. And Kemba Walker. Damian Lillard meeting with the owner for a one-on-one meeting um, to hash out some stuff. LeBron James tweeting him, Instagramming himself in the third person to congratulate <laughs> himself. So meta. Yeah, and guess what? Kobe Bryant is still in the headlines, of even course. though he's not playing. And um, above all, we're not mentioning LeVar Ball at all. Thank goodness. This is <laughs> yeah. great. Great podcast already. Yeah, but we'll cover this all in this upcoming episode. But let's go ahead and start right here with the all-star starters. Um, they've been chosen as well as the the reserves and the teams have been chosen. Um, what do you think, Sean? What's your reaction to this team that's been picked? Yeah, so, I mean, the starters uh, for the West, just starting off there, we got Steph Curry uh, as the captain of that team. Uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins rounding out those starters selected in that conference. And then in the East, we have LeBron James as the captain uh, with DeMar DeRozan, Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie Irving selected from the East. So now, once you have those starters, we have the reserves. Um, I don't really feel like listing them all off right now. We'll post a link for that in the description Mm -hmm. on Facebook or something, but... Um, The teams have been set. Uh, Team LeBron, Team Curry just selected their teams earlier today, being uh, Thursday. And uh, Mm -hmm. I was kind of disappointed they already did it because I wanted to do a little uh, mock draft with you. Uh, One of us could play LeBron, one of us could play Curry, and we could try to guess what uh, players they would pick. 
Um, yeah. Unfortunately, they've already picked their teams, um, but they haven't uh, shown us who was picked where as to protect whoever was picked last, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, got to protect that identity, I guess. But we're going to do our very best, actually, right now. Uh, we're still going to play LeBron and Curry. We're going to try to run down this list, uh, try to guess who was picked where, and try to get down to the bottom of who was the last pick of this all-star draft. Uh, who was the yeah. last kid standing on the playground by himself? Mm. Um, yeah, okay. so who, who, do you have a preference? Would you want to be LeBron or Steph in this scenario? Um, <clears throat> I'll take LeBron. You'll take LeBron? I'll take okay, I'll, I'll be Curry. Uh, I mean, you, I think you have the better team uh, based <laughs> off these lists. So I don't blame you. <laughs> um, so the only the one thing we do know, the one clue we have is that Kevin Durant was picked first by LeBron. Okay. And Giannis was picked second by Curry. All right. So now the I was going to say, yeah, the pick goes back to you. Okay. So I was going to say like, how do we know who chose first or like, but that obviously answers that question. So obviously, so Durant Giannis is off the board. Um, you have LeBron, to pick a starter. Remember, you right. Pick a starter first. So, which in case the first pick has already been chosen, right? Which is Durant. So now mm-hmm. it's the second pick. Right. Um, uh, and you said it had to be a starter, so I'm guessing it's these guys with the yeah, asterisks here. Yeah, with the here. asterisks, yeah. Okay, so my choices on LeBron side is Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. So who was chosen number two out of these three guys? Honestly, I'm going to go with Kyrie Irving here. Really? I think. Oh, wow. Interesting. I think <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if later on at some point we actually have a story leak out about this. Like that all of a sudden Waj is reporting, hey, I got wind or Stephen A. Smith or one of these guys um, reports that Kyrie Irving was chosen second from LeBron James. <clears throat> just just second to kind of give give that like friendly little like nudge to him. Yeah, that's what I think. Huh. Um, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking LeBron win Kyrie with some intentions to maybe get this story leaked out at some point to kind of quiet the noise or maybe bring on a little bit of noise to his side. Who knows? LeBron James is um, a weird personality at times, I'd say. <laughs> that that he is. That he is. All right. Yeah. So you, you pick Kyrie. Uh, based off who Curry picked, I think this is pretty easy. He definitely went James Harden uh, with his next pick. So yeah. that that's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, between him, uh, DeRozan and Embiid like you got to go with the guy that's the front runner for MVP this year yeah I I I agree with you 100 right there I'm actually kind of surprised that somehow LeBron ended up with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins right yeah insane yeah because with my third pick I'd obviously I'd go one of the two and I'm gonna go Anthony Davis here yeah Um, I don't blame you like near seven footer he plays LeBron's game. He can shoot from mid. He can shoot from the three. He's quick. He's agile. Why not? Yeah, this is a, go with Anthony yeah, Davis. That's a guy who I would have guessed maybe would have even gone first. Yeah. Like, he just does everything. Um, but, yeah, if I'm picking between Embiid and DeRozan, uh, I, I got to guess he picked Embiid next. DeRozan's mm-hmm. just – he's not that flashy player. He's just a good scorer. Uh, Embiid gives you that personality on your team, so I would guess that he picked him next. Yeah, if these if these reserves hadn't already been, or like these teams haven't already been chosen, if we were doing like a clean slate mock draft, I don't know how you would not go with Demarcus Cousins at this oh, point. Oh, completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's easy. I mean, at, 
at this point, I go with DeMarcus Cousins yeah. to round up mm-hmm. my starting lineup yeah. here. And then I wrap up with DeRozan. And now, now Curry, he got the first choice of reserves. And I'm almost certain he picked Clay Thompson with his first pick just because mm-hmm. he's playing to his teammates, like, for no yeah. other reason. Like, I think it's dumb that he would do that, but I'm, like, very positive that he did that. Yeah. I yeah I'll I'll agree with you on that I mean I guess it's a question of how competitive they're taking this and if you're taking this pretty competitive hey why not choose the guy you know how who to play with very well so yeah. go with Clay Thompson yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. yeah and then on the team LeBron side with that in mind heck I wouldn't be surprised yeah I'm gonna go Kevin Love you think so give the dude <laughs> yeah man let's give this guy some love hey this guy just got wow. called out by his own teammates. <laughs> Maybe there's a little band-aid to his um, broken ego, potentially. I don't know. LeBron, like I said, LeBron's a weird guy, so I wouldn't be surprised if he went Le- Kevin Love with his first pick Wow. Um, in terms of reserve player. Wow, that would be and very, I'm going to go with him. That would be very bold. I, I think he'd like to think that he could probably slide through and get Love later in the draft, but maybe he just wants to lock down that. I mean, you thought he got Kyrie early, too, uh, amongst mm-hmm. the starters. So, maybe, yeah, just wanted to get the trio together. Yeah, I just don't think it's a coincidence that you're seeing <laughs> Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love oh, yeah. and LeBron James together. <laughs> no way. I just I find it hard to believe. Yeah. So at okay. some point, I not I'm pretty confident that this is where he chose Kevin Love. Yeah, so well, I'm going with it. Yeah, can't blame you. And I mean, I'm gonna say that Steph Curry picked Draymond Green with his next pick, right after yeah. play, like for the same reason. You know, he just wants as many of his teammates as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is where it gets a little bit more complex here. You got LaMarcus Aldridge, Bradley Beal, Odalipo, Porzingis, John Wall, and Russell Westbrook still here. I'm going to have to go Russell yeah, Westbrook. I that's mean, that's a no-brainer. This, this, yeah, this <laughs> is a no-brainer here. He's the better of the bunch. Even on the other side, like if we were still looking at this as a clean slate, like Russell Westbrook's obviously the better player. I'm going with him. Yeah, uh, I mean, I yeah, he should have been the first reserve picked, like for real. Like if we're not playing favorites, yeah. like the, if they I were agree. playing to get the best team, like he should be first for sure. Yeah, you, you yeah you can definitely, and that's a valid argument. But like I said, I'm going, <laughs> I'm in I'm in LeBron James's shoes, his weird personality, and I think yeah. he went Kevin Love first. Okay, <laughs> all right, yeah, all right. So I, like that leaves me with an interesting choice. Who did Curry pick next between Jimmy Butler, Al Horford, Damian Lillard, Kyle Lowry, and Carl Anthony Towns? I'm going to have to go with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, mm, he's he's putting up some really good numbers. And, um, I mean, the only center on this team is Embiid at this point, the only big man. So mm-hmm. like, he's the best available. So I'd go with him. Al Horford. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, yeah. the cat. No, no blame there. Okay, so what we got left here is Porzingis, Odalipo, John Wall, Beal, and Aldridge. Well, it gets kind of interesting here, but again, taking the LeBron James angle, I think I'm gonna go Odalipo here, the oh, young gun okay. from Indiana. Yeah, interesting. I mean, dude, I'm so happy for him making this making yeah. the All Star game. Uh, there's a well lot of deserved. A, yeah. I mean, sure. It's in the East, but he definitely deserved it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, it's tough because I mean, he essentially beat out Kimball Walker and some of these other guys. Yeah, Andre Drummond. Yeah. Andre Drummond. Had a spot. Yeah. Um, all right. So 
we're gonna. I'm I'm thinking uh, if Demar Derozan had any influence on Steph Curry picking him, if they're on the playground together, he's gonna want his man Kyle Lowry uh, mm. playing by his side. So I I think he picked him next. Uh, make sure to lock nice. him down. Yeah, Kyle Lowry in this All Star game. Wow. I mean. Yeah, and talk about another guy that was chosen over Kemba Walker there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it just plays into, like, how good the Raptors have been and how That's mediocre true. the Hornets have been. Yeah, because Kyle Lowry missed some games there um, that I would thought I would think would have hurt his all-star stock, but I guess potentially not in terms of the eyes of the media voters. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, so and then so let's get back to it with LeBron James, Aldridge, Beal, Porzingis, John Wall. So now it just comes down to who I think was chosen last. Um, so with this next pick, I'm thinking I would go probably Porzingis. Yeah, oh, okay. most likely. The big you, man. You, you need a big man. You need a big man there when <laughs> you've chosen a couple guards there. So you gotta go Porzingis, the unicorn. Yeah, that he's a big man. Um, mm-hmm. let's go. On this side of things, let's uh let's say Curry picked Damian Lillard next. Uh, mm. The guy's been snubbed from a few All Star games before, but dude's still balling out, averaging twenty five points a game. Uh, dude can just straight up score. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, Bradley Beal, Lamarcus Aldridge, John Wall. I'm my gut feeling is telling me LeBron went John Wall on this. Though I yeah. don't think it's deserving. Oh, okay. I think, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge and Bradley Beal, in my eyes, I think have been playing beyond exceptionally well comparatively to John Wall. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go John Wall. This is who I think LeBron James win in this yeah, instance. It's the name value, for sure. Exactly. The, the name stock is there, but honestly, this has not been a good season for him. He's clearly to me been outplayed by Bradley Beal we're talking a dude that's been shooting a little bit over 50 percent 22 points a game John Wall uh, he's like averaging like three turnovers a game the last month or something like that he not very good but all right he's still his name's still worth something so I think LeBron James went with him totally and uh so I'm down to Curry's last two picks uh Jimmy Butler and Al Horford uh still on the board I have to think he picked Jimmy Butler. Mm, um, yep. Unfortunately, he's injured right now, so that might end up being an alternate pick if he stays injured. I'm not sure what the timetable is for his return. Uh, yeah. But if Jimmy Butler doesn't play, maybe he gets uh, Paul George instead or Lou Williams. Um, yeah, Paul George or Lou Williams. Yeah, but Jimmy Butler, I'm going with him. Yeah, and... Um... So I guess this is down to who we think we got chosen last. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With this next pick, I think it's going Bradley Beal, like hands down to me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Bradley Beal's been pretty good. I think Lamarcus Aldridge, though no, no, no shame in Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, I mean, dude, compared to the, these other bigs, Lamarcus yeah. Aldridge is kind of on the lower end this time this time around. But I'm going Bradley Beal. Yeah, which is crazy because he's been having such a solid comeback year. And you, yeah, you have yep. him and Al Horford as last. And since Curry picked before LeBron, I, I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. He gets Al Horford, and that means LeBron gets LaMarcus with his last pick. Yeah, so we're going with LaMarcus Aldridge being the last dude coming off the the bench to stand next to their team captain. 
All right. Well, hey, we figured it out. We we, <laughs> we went one by one. We figured it out. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to actually know one of these days. Like maybe they'll they are, there's enough pressure on them that they'll reveal it. Mm-hmm. So looking at this, do you clearly see a winner come All-Star weekend? Are we going with Team LeBron? I mean, Team LeBron's looking pretty stacked. Yeah, it's like Team LeBron, I think, is definitely the clear favorite just based off mm-hmm. talent level. Um, but there's, I don't know, Team Curry, I feel like they're an underdog because no one really knows what to expect from them. But they have mm-hmm. a lot of good shooters on this team, a lot of good drivers. Um, they actually have some defensive players. <laughs> they have Draymond Green. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they have Al Horford. Um, I don't know. Joel Embiid's good at defense, but like it all just comes down to how hard they try. Yeah, that's true. Like it could just be a, just threes all day. Yeah, if it's a if it's a three ball festival, I mean, I guess Team Curry has the advantage here yeah. just because you got curry, yeah, curry. draymond green <laughs> yeah. and clay thompson on your team these guys can run their already existing motion offense yeah. and i guess just drain some threes if nobody's willing to really play defense on anybody um right. i mean team yeah. lebron's definitely got the size advantage here with kevin durant and marcus cousin anthony davis whether or not they want to use that to their advantage in terms of like putting any effort in closing guys out I guess it's TBD yeah, right. to be determined. It's a massive starting lineup. Like, these guys yeah. are towers, dude. Yeah. Like, Embiid can size up against them, but, like, everyone else is just, like, totally out-muscled. Yeah, I mean, we're talking Embiid basically matching up with DeMarcus Cousins in this yeah, scenario. Yeah, which is a fair fight, I think. Um, but I, Yeah. But then you have, like, LeBron James or Kevin Durant's going to be, like, guarding James Harden. So <laughs> there's a little bit of a size difference there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Team LeBron's got that length advantage here. Uh, Kyrie Irving versus Steph Curry will be interesting, but this is exciting. I think I like this format going forward versus the traditional East versus West. Yeah. It makes it for an interesting run. Yeah. Same. They just need to televise it next year, man. They'd make, they'd get good ratings on that. Yeah. We all want to find out who the heck is that <laughs> last pick. It's like, why are you so ashamed of being the last pick? You're still an all-star. Like, yeah, you're the, the I agree. worst of the best, which is not bad. Yeah. Okay, so let's fire up that tour bus and um, <laughs> let's make our first stop here in Milwaukee. Speaking where of um, fire. <laughs> yeah, we're speaking of fire. Jason Kidd, man, like I talked about this a couple podcasts ago. I really didn't think the Milwaukee Bucks had the the guts you could say to actually do it mid season, but they did it. Jason Kidd is gone. Wow. After the Milwaukee Bucks dropped down to the eighth seed, they felt that it was time to depart with their head coach. Um their interim coach will now take over. Um there's there's various reports coming out that apparently he had some riff with Jabari Parker. Um there's also reports that he had problems with ownership and even reports going as far as saying that Giannis gave him a call warning him that Ownership was thinking about firing him and if whether or not he had any power in himself to save Jason Kidd's job, which obviously he did not. Yeah. Since he's long gone. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> so the team was 23 and 22 uh, when they fired him, which was not on track for even mm-hmm. the record that they got last year, which was, I believe, no. 43 and 39. <clears throat> uh, they're yeah, a few games four- off that. 
Um, so, I mean, you'd expect a team like this that mostly kept all of their pieces together to improve, even adding Eric Bledsoe into the mix too. You're like, wow, this yeah. team, this team has everything it needs to contend. You would think, um, but uh, Jason Kidd just wasn't doing it for him, I guess. Yeah, it's um, it was a really it's it's a, it was surprising to me. I'd say that they actually ended up going with it in the midseason. I mean, they had a big slump, obviously underperforming, like you said. They got forty plus wins last season, and this year they were currently now in the eighth seed. They made that big midseason trade for Eric Bledsoe. And you had Jason Kidd basically setting the expectation for himself and his team at the beginning of the season, saying that this team had the potential to basically win the Eastern Conference. And <laughs> I mean, I I believed you him, did. and there was a lot of yeah, and there's a lot of people out there that also believed in him. It seems plausible when you have a top three player in the NBA on your team, but here we go. I mean, problems started up, and you could put the blame on the youth of this team, maybe the coaching staff, or Maybe it was really just a matter of being patient, but ownership didn't want to go through with that patience, so they agreed to uh, let him go. And so it's interesting because this Milwaukee team is basically owned by three figures, three heads, uh, Mark Larcy, Wes Eddins, and Jamie Deanne, I believe. So three hedge fund managers who have put their money, pulled their money together, um, and bought this team back in uh, 2014. Okay. But they basically came to this agreement where they would make decisions that had to be unanimous between the three. Obviously, the NBA discourages this. They'd rather have a single head making uh, decisions moving forward. But they agreed they would make decisions unanimously, except when it came down to basketball decisions, which Wes Edens had full basketball decisions on. And there are reports that Jason Kidd had... Uh, some bad relationships with this man um and that's basically why he probably didn't come to save him so i personally think that the jabari parker reports were planted stories from ownership who kind of don't want to cause any panic in the fan base that the milwaukee bucks ownership group is a little unstable yeah this is interesting yeah i didn't know that actually that the milwaukee bucks were owned by three different guys who all seem Mm -hmm. to have like an equal say in things i mean you say uh, Wes Eddins has final say of basketball power, but like, I don't know. The, just having a three-headed beast like as ownership, I just feel like leads to so many blockades, like so many obstacles, like getting things done the right way. Mm-hmm. Like you just have too many opinions to like figure things out in like a timely manner. And another thing, I feel like this ownership is saying with this move that they think that they're ready to win now. Like, with the roster they have, with all the pieces that they've put together, like, they should be atop the East is what they're saying uh, in Mm -hmm. my mind. And is that true? I don't really know. Um, But it's getting a head start on another coach coming in and changing up the system. And I don't know if that's going to be even this season, which is interesting, too. Like, are they going to hire someone midseason? I doubt it. Then they'd have to change up the way they play completely uh, mid-season with a new coach and a new, like, whatever schemes that he'll draw up. So I think uh, Joe Prunty, um, who is the assistant coach under Jason Kidd, who's now the interim head coach, um, he's going to be the owner. He's going to be running the team as the head coach for the rest of the year. 
Um, yeah. so I, I guess they have a lot of confidence in him too. Hopefully they thought that out. I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's interesting here. And I agree with you. Yeah. It, it's really difficult to implant a new system midway through a season. Uh, very few teams have been successful. I guess you could point to the Cavaliers somehow pulling that off. Well, LeBron was the coach the, the whole time. So, I mean, <laughs> right, but you change. have LeBron James. <laughs> so that's like an X factor there. Um, so, yeah, I think you're completely right. I don't think this team is going to figure, in terms of coaching hires, I don't think they're going to figure that out until the summertime. But, yeah, this is an ownership group that wants to win now. And it's it's sort of interesting when I see sort of these guys that are hedge fund managers that have built their wealth out in other industries. And I'm sure they're very smart people, but I, I sort of all sometimes question their basketball IQ and sort of if they have what it takes to run a basketball team quite well. And especially when it comes down to things like this, where they fire people that have obviously been involved with the sport, especially at a professional level for such a profound amount of time, like, a Jason Kidd or like a Mark Jackson who got fired a couple years ago from the from the Warriors. Derek Fisher. So yeah, Derek Fisher as well. Um I've I've never been a big fan of people making decisions like that. I've always I've always thought it was a better route to be an owner who hires basketball minds and puts those basketball minds around you and let them make the make the hiring decisions when it comes to yeah. coaches and general managers. Um but hey, I don't own an NBA team, so I <laughs> I think that's the way to go. And like in terms of like three guys leading the way, yeah, we're going back to like I mean the Lakers kind of had that similar problem where you had different heads trying to make decisions, mm-hmm. and at the end you appoint Jeannie Buss as making right, the final yeah. the final call, and she did, and it obviously it rubbed people people in that ownership group the wrong way, even if they were her own family members. So in the end, that that whole system ended up crumbling. And now she's the sole owner with obviously Magic Johnson alongside her, who's taking care of basketball decisions. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'll it'll be really interesting to see what this Bucks team can do um, with Joe Prunty at the head, um, coaching this team the rest of the way. Um, yeah. I mean, I just I don't see him really changing much. Uh, I see this team still just squeaking into the playoffs at this point. Uh, maybe they go on a little run. They have the talent to do that. Uh, maybe Jabari Parker coming back after the All Star break will give them that spark that they need uh, to start yeah. start playing like we expected them to at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see on that. That'll be really interesting. Yeah, but um, let's jump on the bus again and let's make our way to uh, Charlotte, where Michael Jordan appears to maybe have lost patience with his Charlotte Hornets because he. Has, thr- has made it perfectly clear either he or somebody in that Hornets organization has somehow made it perfectly clear that Kemba Walker is on the trading block and he's ready to blow this team up. Oh, what, what's it's, it's going awful. on here, man? <laughs> well, yeah, I feel bad for the guy. but <laughs> Yeah, I feel terrible for Kemba, but what's going on here is that they've realized that they have some terrible contracts on yep, their roster. No denying. Uh, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and uh, Nicholas Batum. Uh, to name a few. Um, Kemba Walker is on a really nice contract for a a team owner, only making $12 million a year, I believe, for an all-star caliber talent. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess this team, they're like, well, we still suck. Uh, We have good (laughs) players, but, I mean, and Kemba Walker's awesome, but 
we just have to blow it up if we want any chance of contending and we're not going to be able to like bring in any new talent if we have all of these exorbitant contracts on our books um and the only way we're going to yeah. move those is by trading away the things that we have that are good um <laughs> <laughs> like kind of like how the lakers had to do to get rid of mozgov they had to give up d'angelo russell um in right. the same way this is the sa- like this is it's even a greater degree because Kemba Walker is a proven commodity and yeah. he's going to make a team like a contender instantly wherever he goes. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I, and you're right. I mean, you're looking at this roster, you want to blow it up, but really the only thing you have of value is the only, is the guy who's been playing well and who happens to just be your best commodity, which is Kemba Walker on that great contract. Uh, 21 points, five assists. Like, dude, this guy is, uh, he's a baller. He plays well and he's a great commodity for any team that gets him. But yeah, if you're the Charlotte Hornets, though, like you're still looking ahead. You get Kimball Walker off your books, but you still got Dwight Howard for a couple more years. <laughs> Michael yep. Kidd Gilchrist, Nick, Nicholas Batum, Marvin Williams. I mean, you're still not, you're tanking, but you're still not essentially rebuilding, I guess. You're, your quarterway there because you're still going to bring in a yeah. number of guys. Yeah. Back. There's still there, those contracts. There's just so many of them that are just, they're getting paid way too much. And Kemba's only going to go so far as to like get teams to sign other players as well. It's like, yeah, sure. Maybe... They'll take Kemba and like one other player, but then like how much more money do they have left to like take on your other contracts too? Exactly. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> In terms of trades, like I, I like the team you put here, the Denver Nuggets. I think that's a great fit. I mean, Denver's been crying for a, a decent point guard. They got Emmanuel Mude. Um, but like obviously some of these guys haven't been playing up to par. I think if you pair them up with a G- Gary Harris, uh, maybe Trey Lyles and Emmanuel Mude, maybe Kim, maybe the Charlotte Hornets do buy on the trade like that. Um, and Denver yeah. takes Kimba Walker. And I think it makes that team a lot better. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Nuggets have really been lacking that like star caliber player. Uh, Jokic mm-hmm. is close. He has his great games, and he's a solid player. Um, he's not the All Star caliber yet. I mean, he he wasn't even considered, I think, by a lot of people to make the All Star game, um, mm-hmm. even though he's been playing well. Uh, but Kemba Walker is considered a snub. Um, if you compare those two up, that that's a solid team right there. And the Nuggets have the depth to make this kind of move, like you were saying. Uh, giving mm-hmm. up a few of those young guys uh, to get Walker and maybe throw in a kid Gilchrist or a Batum in there as well. Uh, maybe throw Charlotte a, a pick or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> the Cavs will probably try to get him too. They'll probably try to try to feed Charlotte that Brooklyn Nets pick or something to, to yank him yeah. away. Maybe they'll give him Isaiah Thomas in return. I don't really know. <laughs> it's an expiring contract. Yeah, I think the Cav- for the Cavaliers, I think it's a little lost cost to try to get Kemba. I mean, maybe, I guess, in some in some really radical trade scenario, but I just don't see them really having anything that the Charlotte wants outside of that Brooklyn pick, but I think it'll cost them either a Channing Frye or a Tristan Thompson-type contract. Right, and, they don't want that. <laughs> right, and like the Cavaliers, um, I mean, Kemba Walker's a great player, but I mean, you already got Isaiah Thomas there, you got... Derek Rose, you got Dwayne Wade. What I mean, you don't need this guy. What you need is is a defensive player that can 
grab some rebounds, guard the paint, and chase dudes and switch on screens. And Kemba Walker's just not that guy right yeah. now. Yeah, man. I feel bad for Kemba. He's been there for, what, seven years now? And yeah. just, like, out of the blue. I heard that he, he heard this news about him being on the trading block through the media asking him questions rather than, like, the ownership itself. Like, the team yeah. didn't tell him. He had to hear through through reporters. And that, that's got to hurt. Like, that's just terrible. It's, I mean, look at Ennis Cantor, how he heard about it. He heard about it from some dude telling him on Periscope. <laughs> yeah, on Periscope days after man. he stood up for, yeah. Days that, after that was he stood up worst. for his franchise. Yeah, and he uh, still that. loves OKC. He still, he still loves that place, even though they betrayed him like that. Yeah, that that's a terrible scenario but hey man it is what it is it's business right that's all it is yeah so let's just talk about a little bit about uh Kawhi Leonard here in his scenario with the Spurs reports are the Jalen Rose exactly um came out at halftime at some point or on first take saying that uh Kawhi Leonard is actually unhappy with the San Antonio Spurs and and wants to be traded from the Spurs he's unhappy with the way they've handled his injury scenario what is going on here, man? Is this an ESPN cry for a headline, or is this the, is there actually any truth to this? Or are we, or is this Donald Trump level fake news here? This is Donald Trump level fake news. <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm yeah. gonna call such BS on this. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like the fa- <laughs> just because of the fact that they can't get a word out of Popovich. Like this is their retaliation. They're like, we're gonna act like something's wrong here because you're not telling us what's going on so we're just gonna assume the worst that's just all yeah. that's what it is it's like put it in the national Enquirer or some, whatever <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's the name of that fake news magazine yeah that tabloid yeah, yeah. right yeah it's not news this is not it's like lavar yeah, level I'm... news right there yeah, I'm going to agree 1,000% here. <laughs> I think maybe there is some unhappiness. Maybe, maybe like, I could see there being a scenario where maybe the Spurs organization was being a little bit pushy towards Kawhi Leonard, maybe pushing him to come back a little bit sooner than he wanted to. Um, and then there was some ha- happiness there. But I don't think it's anywhere near the level where Kawhi Leonard all of a sudden wants to be traded or that the San Antonio Spurs at any point had the the motivation to trade him like it's just not there it's no impossible oh yeah it's ridiculous Kawhi Leonard is like the perfect like prototypical Greg Popovich player if he goes somewhere Mm -hmm. else he's not gonna be the same Kawhi Leonard like he's just the perfect player like yeah there's nothing no no I'm done talking about it next yeah (laughs) well Let's just talk a little bit here about Damian Leonard, who called the one-on-one meeting with his owner. Um, man, what the hell was talked about there? I mean, was it the trailblazer situation? Did he want CJ McCollin traded, or did he just want some little bit of reinforcement of like where he lies with this franchise? Dude, I don't know. I didn't even know that he had this meeting. Like, like what? Like, what do you know about it? Um, I basically know he called for this meeting. Um, he had a one-on-one. He walked out of it feeling pretty well about it. Um, Portland is still in the seventh seed currently. Damon Leonard putting some pretty good games up. Um, that's as far as I know. What I'm thinking probably happened is he probably just wanted to know whether or not this franchise was making any moves um, and what they were looking towards moving ahead because 
Portland Trailblazers are kind of that team that it's got a lot of salary locked up. Yeah. It's, they're in a situation where it's difficult for them to sign big time free agents or anything moving forward. So I guess you're in a point where like you have to question whether or not is this the ceiling for that current roster? Sure. And it looks like perhaps it is. Perhaps it's not any more bigger. Yeah, I mean right now, yeah, if you're at the salary cap, um, yeah, you'd have to do some like serious like Sam Presti level GM moves to like mm-hmm. get get that to uh, change at this point, but. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's discontent per se at this point. It's more like a state of the union meeting mm-hmm. is what I would figure. It's just like a what are, like what are our plans? Like I'm the star player. I'm like the franchise player. So if just let me know like what you guys have planned for like the next two weeks if we're gonna try to trade for anybody. Like I'm sure. Yeah. It's like and it's cool that they they have that one on one meeting. It shows that like he they respect Damian Lillard and his opinions, and they want mm-hmm. him to like be a part of this franchise for a really long time. Um. So yeah, I don't, I got nothing, no problems with it. Yeah, same here. I think it it probably was like a good meeting. Um, perhaps maybe there was some talk of CG McCollum. Maybe. Ooh, maybe. Did they I not? Did they not like each other? Is this like a John Wall Bradley Beal situation? <laughs> I mean, there hasn't been anything reported on that, but hey, I have my suspicions. Who knows? I mean, maybe it's like a Monte Ellis Steph Curry situation mm. where you gotta eventually choose one or the other, and yeah. if you make the right choice, then all of a sudden you're the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they just want uh, CJ McCollum to sit, shave his mustache. Yeah, that's like, true. Well, like, how can we get this guy to get rid of that thing? It's it a pretty mm. gross mustache. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, it's not Super Mario like. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, final bus, final stop on the tour bus. If you look to your right, it's Donovan Mitchell, man. Bro, still lighting it up. Um, uh, well, actually, he had a couple handful of really good games. The last two games, a little bit questionable, but nonetheless, Donovan Mitchell has had a couple thirty-point games. Um, and he has twenty twenty-point games this year. Sean, what's going on here, man? Is this time? Is this the rookie of the year? Is he the real challenge man, to it's Ben like, Simmons? It, he is definitely a real challenge to Ben Simmons. And I think when you would ask this to like anyone that watches the NBA, it's like, do you think like Donovan Mitchell has a chance? They'd just like scoff it off and be like, no, Ben Simmons, easy. But like, you really have to look at it like Ben Simmons isn't doing as much for his team as Donovan Mitchell is doing for the Jazz. Like... The fact that he's had mm-hmm. to step into this role, like unexpectedly too, of being the go-to guy for a team that has no other offensive option really outside of Rodney Hood, like one out of five games, like scoring <laughs> a decent amount. Right. Like Donovan Mitchell had to be the guy and he wasn't a number one pick. He was number 15 pick. No one was expecting him to do this. And yeah. dude just comes out of nowhere. And now he's the high, the like, the rookie with the highest points per game. And yeah. he's more consistent than Ben Simmons, too. That's true. Ben Simmons has kind of fallen off. Well, he's fallen off at least like... <laughs> Not like a lot. But. Yeah, because these he's he just put up a couple triple doubles the, this last week. But prior to this week, he fell off for a couple games. Um, but I think he maybe heard this this these talks of Donovan Mitchell and has stepped up his game <laughs> the last couple days. Because yeah. he's been on fire. But yeah, I mean, I agree. It's a little surprising that Donovan Mitchell ended up uh, the f- the biggest challenger to Ben Simmons. I don't think he's quite there, but um, 
to me, he's the closest out of anybody else. Kyle Kuzma at some point looked to be, but he he definitely cooled down a lot. Mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball, I mean, he's injured and he started off the season pretty bad. Dennis Smith Jr. There's a, there was a little bit of inc- there's a, there's some inconsistency there, but Donovan Mitchell night in and night out, thirty five minutes and delivering offense for the Utah Jazz team. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to think about. Like, at uh, the beginning of the season, we're like, who do we think could, like, seriously contend against Ben Simmons? And we're like, maybe Lonzo, <clears throat> maybe Josh Jackson even. We even threw that name in there, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Like, these are the names that we threw out there, and we didn't even come yeah. close to Donovan Mitchell. So, it's, yeah, the NBA I feel... is full of surprises. Yeah, I feel really foolish now. I <laughs> threw De'Aaron Fox in there as the as the black horse or like the dude that could just surprise everybody. But um, I mean, he's put together some good gains, but obviously he's hurt now. He's been out for the last week. Um, he's probably out for another another uh, handful of days. Uh, I guess then Donovan Mitchell was that dude, that dude yeah, that we all knew. Yeah. That we all knew there was going to be one guy that was going to come out and surprise everybody, and yet again. Um, it was the guy nobody guessed, which was David Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel, I'm, I'm really proud of the kid. I'm really, I'm really happy yeah. for him. Well, let's go here. Let's break the week down with some of the best performances. And we've had a, a great amount of them starting <laughs> here with Russell Westbrook, dude. 23 points, 9 rebounds, 20 assists in that one. <laughs> massacre. <laughs> massacre. Absolutely. Over the Cavaliers. Oh, my gosh. This game. Oh, my God. It. This game, they scored 148 points this game, the Thunder did. And the, the Cavs scored 124 points. And you're like, oh, that's like a lot of points, 124 points. And you lose by 24 points. Oh. A lot of that was Westbrook either either scoring or dishing out 20 assists. A 20-20 with assists. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, Steven Adams out there was looking like the one of the best scoring big men in the league. I mean, he was just good getting whatever he wanted yeah yeah i I put him on the list but man we have so many best performances this week i was just like there's too many i just gotta take this one off it was good but yeah it doesn't stack up to these other ones because you know he was probably just like getting some alley-oops and stuff which is good yeah but i mean chris middleton on the other hand he put up on saturday a 23.14 rebound 10 assist game uh for the first triple double of his career um Gian- Giannis was absent that game um and he took full advantage so good for him yeah um yeah Chris Middleton solidifying himself on that starting lineup before um a big guy by the name of Jabari Parker tries to potentially <laughs> take his spot on that starting lineup yeah that'll be really interesting it's a pretty crowded backcourt there with uh you got Bledsoe still there uh, Malcolm Brogdon always playing hard mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and Middleton and Giannis, like, I don't know, man. Where does Parker fit? Is he, he might just be end up being the sixth man, honestly. Could be, or maybe potentially some trade, a trade bait. We'll see if some team tries to buy low and offers Milwaukee something pretty special. Yeah. Um, But this is the performance right here that, <laughs> that was something. <laughs> Mr. DeMarcus Cousins to keep his Pelicans winning 44 points, 24 rebounds, and 10 assists with four steals and a double overtime thriller against the Chicago Bulls. Man. Man. I got to watch this game. Well, like most of this game. I got in for the second half and then got to watch two overtimes after that. 
And you, you know, you know me. I I love watching the Bulls, and I I do root for them a lot this year. I was hoping they'd win, but gosh, they could not stop Demarcus Cousins to save their lives. Like no. he was an animal out there. He's a big boy. <laughs> a I mean, with Demarcus, <laughs> yeah, Demarcus Cousins, man, he is a great player. And like, I mean, I've done this. I've said this a couple times. Like, Demarcus Cousins, in my eyes, has earned his respect. Other people can argue otherwise, including you, Sean, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've, I've said my fair share of uh, bad things against DeMarcus Cousins. But this guy, he is a skilled player nonetheless. I mean, like we have said before, he's averaged more assists than a couple point guards on his – actually, all point guards on his team. Um, and he's out there scoring the ball, dishing it out, making good decisions with it at times. Maybe not making good decisions with his – um. Basically, his tantrums, I guess. His personal life. His personal life. But, man, this dude, I mean, he's in there right now. He wants to win, and and it's showing the Pelicans are sitting in the sixth seed still. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, I got to give him a lot of credit, too. He he showed a lot of heart in this game. He definitely wanted to win this badly. Uh, And Anthony Davis fouled out in the first overtime, and it was just down to Cousins. And he he touched the ball every play. Offense ran through him, ran through a center which is yeah. crazy to think about. And and by the end of the game, he was like, he could barely walk up the court. He was so tired. <laughs> he gave it his I all. I believe it. But yeah, this uh, fun yeah. fact, this is actually um, the first 40-point, 20-rebound, 10-assist, triple-double since uh, Wilt Chamberlain. That is, that's a big name. Yeah. That's a big name to be related to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like not even Shaq put up a number like this. That's pretty, that's impressive. Yeah. it it. Pff. I mean, it took two overtimes, but still insane. Yeah. And who we got? We got Garrett Temple here on this list. <laughs> yeah. Do you even know who Garrett Temple plays for? Uh, Sacramento Kings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good. That was. Oh, I'm impressed. I wouldn't have known that if you asked me before uh, <laughs> this podcast. But yeah, 34 points on a 14 of 17 shooting uh, in a win on Tuesday. That was pretty impressive That's... from a random guy. Yeah, the Kings got have just random guys go off. At random times where there's Bodanovic, uh, Garrett Temple, um, Ski Labrassi, or yeah, what's his name? Uh, Skull Labrassier, something Labassier. like that. something like yeah, that. Yeah, Skull Labrassier, or maybe Buddy Heel one once in a blue moon yeah. will also have a good <laughs> shooting night. Yeah, I just they're a growing team, so <laughs> yeah, worse than the league, but I mean they got they got Garrett Temple. <laughs> nice. And then but, uh, Ben Simmons, like we were mentioning earlier, put up that nice triple double. Uh, also against the Bulls, uh, much like Demarcus Cousins did, a triple double of nineteen points, seventeen rebounds, and fourteen assists in regulation. Yeah, Ben Simmons. He uh, heard through the grapevine that there was talk of a, a Donovan Mitchell potentially challenging him for Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. So he went ahead and started solidifying his place with some triple double performances. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's impressive stuff. I mean, Ben Simmons is awesome. It's cool to think that this is only his rookie year. There's a lot more yeah. of him to come. Um, but, uh, this guy, Andre Drummond, I think he was playing with a little bit of uh, spite against the all-star yeah. selection selectors. Uh, not oh, completely. Yeah. Notched this one last night or on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah. Against, uh, the Jazz, 30 points, 24 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, and 6 blocks. 
Wow. Andre <laughs> Drummond has arrived. <laughs> He's crazy. That's an insane stat line. And you yep. know what the best part is? They still lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That Detroit Pistons team is really weird. They started off really hot. I mean, Andre Drummond, to his credit, he's been fairly consistent. He's still shooting his impressive 64% from the free throw line. Yeah, not bad, honestly. Like, I didn't expect him to improve in that part of his game. But, like, yeah, there you go. There's your all-star snub right there. (laughs) Definitely playing with that chip on his shoulder. Andre Drummond making himself be heard. Um, But you know what? Who else got a... I'm going to give a good performance of the week. Yeah, who's that? Mr. Kobe Jelly Bean <laughs> Bryant. <laughs> yes. This guy just got nominated for an Oscar. That's so... Believe it or oh not. Oh, my gosh. Is that real? Can, can they this do that? This is real. This is real. Uh, Kobe Bryant and his animated short um, for Dear Basketball got nominated in the short animation category for an Oscar. Wow. Um, and... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like I know about all these short animated films. I know nothing about them <laughs> other yeah. than like Kobe's one of the nominees. So what are his chances of winning? I really have no idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to scout the other nominees. I mean, Deer Basketball is really well made. It was really cool. I, just, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was even eligible to be nominated for an Oscar award. That's yeah, well, so weird. There it is. I mean... He he did it obviously with the help of composer John Williams. He's a big name in Hollywood. Um, I just don't really think Hollywood's gonna care that Kobe Bryant at one point scored eighty-one points or that he averaged uh, <laughs> twenty-eight points for his career, fifth leading scorer, I think, or fourth or whatever yeah, it is. Whatever. Uh, this is a whole different ball game. So if he walks out there with walks out of there with an Oscar, I think I'm gonna be a little bit surprised. Granted, this yeah. is without me knowing anything about these other short animated films, but nonetheless, man, congrats to this guy. He's broken through two uh, big platforms. He's an NBA champion and now potentially an Oscar winner. Man, that would be something. <laughs> <laughs> it is Hollywood, though. You know, it's like he has been in L.A. for so long. He has mm-hmm. the connection to L.A. Yeah. So that could run in his favor for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean... I mean, Hollywood stars stars have loved watching him play, so we'll see, man. <laughs> but his his former team, the Los Angeles Lakers, man, oh, they've man. been putting some impressive wins as of late without Lonzo Ball and at times without Brandon Ingram, with a little help of Jordan Clarkson and certainly no help from their free throw <laughs> oh, shooting. My gosh. That's for yeah, sure. So- our worst performances of the week is actually dedicated to one game that happened this last week. It was Lakers versus Pacers. There was some pretty abysmal play in this one. Uh, the Lakers shooting two for 14 from the free throw line. And they won the game. That is what the, that's the most bizarre thing to me. And I mean, I feel a little bit bad for not having watched this game. Like I watched it for a little bit and I just get, I just got frustrated. And I was <laughs> like, man, you know, I'm just going to turn this off. I don't I can't watch any more of this. And they ended up winning this right. game. And it was the same story with the Celtics game earlier this week, which they somehow pulled off the victory. By that one that point. was a crazy one too. Yeah. And Hey, I, the Lakers just start these games off so bad. 
Julius Randle missing shots. Jordan's Clarkson bad basketball decision. And they somehow just pull it through at the end. At least they have as of late. And this performance, I just don't. I am blown away. Two for 14 as a team is horrendous. Anyone can shoot two for 14. A 10-year-old kid could shoot two for 14. (laughs) These are professional basketball players. Yeah. That's that doesn't make any sense to me. So, but this is the only team to ever win a game shooting under twenty percent from the free throw line. By the way, like the worst ever. Yeah, and you you had thirty three points from Jordan Clarkson. Thankfully, that got you the win. I mean, Victor Oladipo didn't have a bad game per se. Twenty five points, five rebounds, four assists. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, so they I got mean, scared the- on the free throw line. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Lakers can't shoot free throws, but the Pacers couldn't shoot three-pointers. Uh, they shot yeah, two for too. 25. Two for 25 from three-pointer. Oh. How ridiculous is that? That's pretty bad, man. Professional team. Hey, these nights happen. I mean, the Pacers probably came to L.A., had a little partying in them, maybe <laughs> in downtown. Yeah. Lance Stevenson but, I mean, just showing them the way. Yeah, exactly. But I guess that's not an excuse for the Lakers side. I mean, this is the story we we that's not I mean, it's surprising that they finished as a team to finish a game, but the Lakers have been a horrible free throw shooting team all year. Uh up and down the roster. Nobody's shooting over ninety percent. Right. Uh, I, I don't I just like, don't really know. <laughs> I, I remember I was watching there. uh the Lakers Celtics game and they were they were gonna give that game away at the end. <laughs> uh just because they had to sh- make their free throws at the end and like Contavious Caldwell Pope goes up, he's supposed to be a seventy six percent free throw shooter. He misses mm-hmm. two in a row. <laughs> it's like yeah. these dudes like Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, but either way, I mean, as surprising as it is, let's put the Lakers as one of the teams that are catching a little bit of fire this week. <laughs> yeah, winning uh, seven of their last ne- seven of their last nine, including they're on a three-game winning streak, and they're slowly but surely sneaking their way back into relevancy in the league with only a game and a half behind Utah for that ten seed. Um, what are, what are we looking at? Uh, four games behind the Clippers for the yeah. ninth seed. That's still a gap, but it's a gap. A lot of time but still like, left in the year. It, like I don't think the Lakers are gonna make the playoffs. Still, like it, I don't if, think so That's either. the route we're taking with this. But I mean, winning seven out of your last nine is that's pretty good. That's really good. And yeah, impressive. Th- yeah, Lonzo's been out for the last three wins. So like, even without your starting point guard, uh, the guy that's running the floor, like you're still finding a way to win uh i think mm-hmm. kyle kuzma he just played like a man possessed against the celtics were you able to yeah were you able to catch that yeah yeah a little man. bit of it he he looked like a star player in that game i'm not mm-hmm. saying he's a star player but he showed the flashes of being a star player in this league just the way he'd confidently shoot the ball and like very clutch situations like throughout the fourth quarter he was just like pulling up threes as if it was just like shooting practice yeah and we've seen Kyle Kuzma put performances like this a couple times this season um he he hasn't been able to follow them up consistently but you're right I mean Kyle Kuzma at this point no question is on his way to becoming at least to some degree uh an NBA star we'll see how high I mean time will tell but 
Kyle Kuzmet, for the most part, seems to be a very well-stolen draft pick yeah. this year. Yeah, he's amazing. I don't even know who was picked in between him and Donovan Mitchell, but whoever <laughs> it was, that's too bad you're not Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Um, but but uh, OKC Thunder, uh, also another hot team. Six-game winning streak. Um, is this the time that they finally figured it out, or are they just going to go back, get closer to 500 again? No, I think they've slowly but surely have figured things out a little bit. Uh, they got Carmelo Anthony playing a better role, more of a catch-and-shoot type guy. Russell Westbrook seems to be more of himself. Paul George has strung himself up a couple consistent performances. I think this team is on their way to rounding themselves out a little bit better. Um, they're not an NBA contender, I'll say that much, and that's not to the fault of Carmelo, Russell, and Paul. It's just the construction of the team. They don't have any bench presence. But nonetheless, they're sitting at the fifth seed right now with a half game, a game and a half lead on the Pelicans as the sixth seed. But they're still two games behind the Timberwolves, so they're kind of a little bit in a no man's land at this point. But there's still a lot, a good amount of the season left to play, so yeah, they yeah. can potentially fly into that four seed if they string together a good, a good. They string together a good showing of games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Spurs and Wolves are vulnerable teams. They could find their mm-hmm. way into the third seed if they keep playing at this level. I mean, the Spurs, they don't have Kawhi, but they're playing really well. Uh, the Wolves, mm-hmm. they haven't had Jimmy Butler for a few games. So uh, depending on how long he's out, uh, they could take a little bit of a slide. And the, th- yeah. the Thunder are all healthy. And that's like the that's like the one thing that keeps you like in the running is that you have a fully healthy team. Something the Clippers, exactly. something the Clippers will never be able to say in the history of their franchise. <laughs> yeah, you have all of your players yeah. healthy. This, this is what the fruits are. You got, you go on a six-game winning streak, and you're looking good. Yeah, um, who's not looking good on the other side? Let's go back to that Eastern Conference. God, this Eastern Conference was looking very promising, and all of a sudden, it's starting to show exactly what we all thought that you got. A couple of handful of strong teams, but even that's not looking very well. The Cavaliers, <laughs> Raptors, and yeah. Celtics. Really what it's coming down to is you're seeing the Eastern Conference for what it is. It's basically just a weak string of teams that cannot stay consistent, uh, put some poor performances. And one of those is the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. I wanted to be a believer, but they, they started out strong. They hit a slump, and hey, they're going to bounce right back. And they did. And now this slump they hit is even worse than the first. Right, yeah. Six-game <laughs> losing streak currently. Uh, two games mm-hmm. below 500. Uh, man, they they were up, like, second seed in the East at one point in this season. Yeah. And, man, they've just taken a huge tumble. Um, and, I mean, this is exactly who I thought they were at the beginning of the season. I didn't think that this was a playoff team. And they, yeah. they tried to prove me wrong for the longest time, like almost halfway through the season. I'm like, okay, this is, maybe this is a playoff team. Now it's like maybe they'll make it just because they had a hot start. They can try to like grasp to a 500 record. But this, yeah. this team just isn't that good. It's it, it's not. It's a, it's a weirdly constructed team. Tobias Harris hitting a shooting slump. Andre Drummond is basically the only consistent piece here. And they have the silver lining of Reggie Jackson coming back. Yeah, is that good? You think that's going to be a big uh, factor for them? No, <laughs> I wouldn't put my money on it. <laughs> Reggie Jackson, I mean, you're still looking potentially after a week after the All-Star break, he comes back. 
I mean, he's going to help you win some games and we get to 500. And then at that point, it's really not really a matter of a question of how well the Pistons are playing, but how well the rest of this Eastern Conference is playing. Maybe they they still sneak in there with the eighth seed. Currently, the Bucks are there with a couple games over 500. So if it stays that way, I don't think this team is going to the playoffs. Yeah, and I I wouldn't even really be excited to watch them in the playoffs, honestly. Like, who on this team Mm -hmm. am I like... Oh man, I'm really excited to watch Andre Drummond get a bunch of rebounds. <laughs> like, he's a great player. Not excited to watch him play in the playoffs uh, or in the All Star game, really. Which he he had a good chance at getting on his individual play, but you could argue that because the Pistons have been playing so poorly lately, uh, their team record plays into that too. Yeah, it's it's hard to choose Andre Drummond over. Joel Embiid and Al Horford considering those team records. Yeah, completely. And, I mean, the free throw percentage has to still come into account. Is it better? <laughs> it's definitely better than it's been in the past, but it's not anything that you can categorize as good. Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking in a bubble, I would probably want Andre Drummond on my team over Al Horford. But, yeah, just like the record the Celtics have just means so much more. Yeah, I agree. Um. But we're, I mean, hey, here we are. <laughs> we're going to get end to this it. dumpster fire. The last stop. The last stop. Everybody get off the bus now. <laughs> this is it. This is the winter dumpster. The Snowden oh. dumpster that is Cleveland. The yeah. Cavaliers. I think we need to losing. bolt the, the windows shut on the bus so nobody <laughs> gets exposed to this nuclear <laughs> wasteland. I I agree with you. The Cleveland Cavaliers losing 10 of their last 13, including that massacre against OKC, losing this week to essentially the San Antonio Spurs' B team, (laughs) close to D-League team. No Leonard, no Gasol. DeJounta Murray just showing them up, putting on a clinic. Yeah, Yeah, no Rudy Gay. No Rudy Gay. Yeah, just, just LaMarcus Aldridge and DeJounta Murray. That was all it was. Yeah, and this team just going out there looking like exactly what they are. When you put IT, J.R. Smith, LeBron James, Jay Crowder, Kevin Love, you're looking at one of the worst lineups defensively in the NBA. This is a team that cannot stop anybody. You're looking and up and down the roster, you're looking at a bunch of dudes that can't even play to average. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's like it's so crazy looking at like looking up these facts on like all these different websites. Like I looked it up on NBA.com, ESPN, and uh, TeamRankings.com. All of them either have the Cavs as the worst or the second worst defense defensive efficiency rating in the entire league. As a team that's twenty, like they have like a very solid winning record. I think it's twenty-seven and nineteen right now. Mm-hmm. Like. How can you have that good of a record when you have the worst defense in the league? Like worse than like the Kings, worse than the Suns, like worse than the Hawks. I don't I don't understand how this is possible. I got two two words for you, LeBron James, but I mean <laughs> yep. That's not a solution. It's a temporary solution, but not a solution nonetheless, especially if you're trying to w- I don't even want to say the word win because I don't think that team is even close to that level. I'll say the word playoff victories <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah it'll lebron james can get you some playoff victories but to ask him to take you to the nba finals playing this way god that is just impossible no, there's absolutely no way the celtics are 
gonna cream them at this rate. Yeah, this this is a god awful team. And like I said, uh, Isaiah Thomas, J.R. Smith, LeBron James, uh, Jay Crowder, Kevin Love. This lineup cannot continue playing together. At least not for the same amount of minutes. This is a horrendous defensive lineup yeah. kevin love lamarcus aldridge was just reaching over scoring isaiah thomas can't keep up with anybody <laughs> no way yeah he's like a negative player on defense yeah the only way you can have isaiah thomas in your lineup is if you have one other extreme which the other extreme being a very very good defensive team basically one and two and that's yeah. the only way that's the way it worked in in Boston, mm-hmm. the Boston Celtics last year were a great defensive team. Isaiah Thomas, horrible defensive player. But you mix those two extremes together, you got a nice media. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at look at just the coaching difference between the Celtics and the Cavs. On one side, you have Brad Stevens, up-and-coming coaching prodigy, it's looking mm-hmm. like at this point. is he, he was able to work with IT on the defensive end. He's able to hide him in like ways where they still are one of the best defensive teams in the league, even playing Isaiah Thomas most of the game. And then yeah. on the Cavs side is Tyron Lue. And that's all I need to say about that. Yeah. There's nothing going on to help Isaiah Thomas hide his weaknesses. And I, it's, it's hard to put the blame on Isaiah Thomas because certainly the blame just cannot be placed on him. It's got to be placed on the Cavaliers system and mm-hmm. Tyron Lue. Something else has got it has to be done there. I think it's got to be a lineup change and potentially a trade. This George Hill trade that's been being that's being talked about. It's a good start. It's not a a solution. It's not a game changer. No, not even close. <laughs> yeah. But I guess it's a step forward yeah. if it goes through. I mean, George Hill's a solid player. If they can get him, that I mean, you'd have to think they would improve. Um, it actually just came out today that uh, Crowder is being taken out of the starting lineup and they're going back to their more traditional uh, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson back or, uh, front court. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing to be excited about. Tristan Thompson has shown absolutely <laughs> nothing to be excited curse. about. The Kardashian yeah. curse. I don't know if it's true or not, but man... It just does not make me excited. It doesn't make any Cavalier fan out there excited, I I, I assume. Because Tristan Thompson, I have never seen somebody like him who's still young, still in an age that you would think would still be in their prime, dominate a game just a handful of years ago, and then all of a sudden look like a non-factor or a guy that needs to be taken out of the game ASAP. Does this kind of remind you <laughs> of like Andrew Bynum at all? A little bit. And, you know, I had that thought watching them against the San Antonio Spurs. I was like, God, this looks like the freaking 2012 (laughs) L.A. Lakers. Yes, (laughs) yes, dude. It totally does. Like, Bynum was looking like he was going to become, like, an all-star center in this league. And Mm -hmm. Tristan Thompson seemed like he was on his way there, too. Picked up the max contract on the way there. And now he is a nothing burger. Yeah, and... um. I can't help but think that Kyrie Irving somewhere out there is, is sitting on his lazy boy chair. Um, just got some ice packs on his shins or his knees potentially after Celtic practice and just laughing because he luckily got his got himself out of that dumpster fire just in time to um, to avoid this huge mess because he must have seen this coming. Yeah, I, um, I and guess I so. and I gotta think. I got. I gotta think he was upset about this, like the contracts that J.R. Smith, uh, Tristan Thompson, Iman Shumpert got. 
this is what's putting the Cavaliers in a tough spot in order in terms of like changing their roster up. Um, and then you add Isaiah Thomas to this. Isaiah Thomas, which is maybe a guy who got caught up, got caught up in his own noise. Um, the NBA got caught up in its in this Isaiah Thomas noise. And maybe we're seeing Isaiah Thomas for what he really is, which is essentially not an all-star guard, but just a <laughs> guard who's really good at scoring the ball. And everything else is just a very negative extreme. Uh, yeah, great one-on-one player. Uh, yep. not, uh, not good team basketball, apparently. Yeah, maybe Isaiah Thomas isn't um, the Isaiah Thomas of the Detroit Pistons. Maybe Isaiah Thomas isn't Kyrie Irving. Maybe Isaiah Thomas is Jamal Crawford. Yeah, yeah, you know? right, yeah. And it, he's just, he'll succeed in the right system. And this is not mm-hmm. that system. Potentially not. And um, and final thought, just to close this out, reports were that teammates were calling out Kevin Love. And honestly, this kind of like, kind of gave me a bad taste a little bit oh, because terrible. I'm looking at Kevin Love and I'm like, Kevin Love wanted to help this Cavalier team win a championship a couple years ago. Kevin Love has done everything that's been asked of him. Kevin Love has been playing center. Kevin Love <laughs> has been rebounding, guarding big boys. It's not his fault. He's just not that guy. He's just right. not a center. Um, and he's being called out. None. And reports are that there is one guy leading this charge, and that guy was Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. And I like Isaiah Thomas, but I just don't think he has the right to call out Kevin Love in this situation. Oh, yeah, no way. You're the new guy, you know? Kevin yeah. Love's been here for years, and you just got here, and you're trying to have your way with the culture. Yeah. Um, by calling out guys who like he called him out because he's he's sick. Like I mean, it's a weird situation, but like you, if you have guys just teaming up, like ganging up on a guy because he was sick and he missed a practice mm-hmm. and like he missed a game, and sure that's that sucks, but like it's so negative. Like all the energy around that is so negative. Like they weren't encouraging him. They weren't like trying to motivate him. They were like trying to like blame him almost. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say Kevin Love is not the reason this team is not succeeding. It's far more than Kevin Love. Yeah. It's uh, up and down that roster. Yeah, there's just so much wrong. Derrick yeah. Rose leaving for like two months. <laughs> LeBron James yeah, he, orchestrating everything. Dwayne Wade starting, then not starting, then complaining about Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Uh, all right, there's let, a lot let's, here. Let's get this bus out of here. We got to get out before we get trapped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's get this tour bus out of here and uh, head our way back to the promised land that is next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. And that is the Second Stringers NBA podcast. Um, we'll bring you more next week. And don't forget to subscribe and like us on Facebook and uh, SoundCloud. Awesome. Have a good week, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>